It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you in the beauty of your holiness and we are humbled that you invite us to be a part of your family. Not strangers, not aliens, not on the outer court, but you've invited us to be sons and daughters and we're so thankful, oh God. Thank you that when the economy's uncertain, when whether or not we'll be pulled over and murdered is the question. Health is not certain. We thank you that there's some everlasting arms that we can lean on. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And we pause, God, to say that we thank you for the comfort and the confidence of that truth. Father, we pray for someone now who does not have that who does not have a relationship with you. Thank you, Lord God, that you would draw them closer to you. And as they draw closer to you, you indeed will draw closer to them. Pray for someone's soul to be redeemed and saved. Pray that the saved soul, the believer, would be encouraged that we might understand more fully what you have called us to do and to be. And God will be so careful not to take any credit, focus, and attention to us but to give it where it belongs and that's to you our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ and it's in your mighty name that we pray Jesus amen and amen can we just give him praise come on wherever you are I didn't say clap for me can we give him a praise that's worthy of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords amen well listen before you take your seats I just find about two people that are near you just say it's really good to see you uh, tell them it's really good to see you and then you can take a seat if you can I thank God for our praise team and for the worship that they continue to lead us in and so grateful to God for his presence I was sharing this with uh, Brandon our minister of music many months ago that we have an obligation as churches and pastors to help you develop a soundtrack to your life and um, I grew up in church and I didn't really understand at the time all these songs that my mother was making me learn yeah, yeah. and it irritated me because they sounded old-fashioned yeah, yeah. uh, I wanted to hear at that time it was the Clark sisters uh, and it was BB and CC the early years I wanted to hear that music they would kind of had that little bounce to it but then you go through hell and high water. That's it. That's it. And you can't always pull out a Kirk Franklin and a CCBB song. Sometimes you need a hymn to say I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. And so I'm just so grateful for the spiritual leadership that our worship team is doing and leading us in that. Can we just give God glory for them? Amen. 
for all of you that are visiting with us today, uh, whether in person or virtually, we're so grateful. We just know that there are options, there are choices that each of you have. And the fact that you've decided to spend a little bit of your Sunday with us, we're humbled and we are thankful for that. I really just want to give God glory for our own uh, minister, Mike Treadway, and for the word of God that is so rich in him and expect the unexpected and so grateful for his availability and his willingness to serve uh, in preaching and sharing the gospel. Uh, I was in North Carolina last Sunday sharing with a church that I uh, really begin to kind of close with the pastor is from Australia and he has been brought in as the interim pastor of really a mega church right there in the Raleigh Durham area and um, and the Lord led me last Sunday to do something and I didn't want to do it have you ever had God ask you to do something and you just said uh, I ain't gonna do it I mean I know I might be the only one has anybody else wrestled with God he asked you right so uh, the Lord was saying I want you to sing this song and I said no I'm not gonna sing it they didn't call me to sing they called me to preach I didn't come to sing the song and I asked him uh, the Lord said again and I begged God because uh, whether y'all know that I do not like to sing um, however when God puts something in my spirit and he instructs me I have to be obedient and so uh, this Sunday uh, this same song is in my spirit uh, and uh, it's a song uh, that talks about being anchored in the Lord my soul has been anchored in the Lord now let me just say this you all listen hear me well if we're not careful we can be we can be connected what I call Christian ease or Christian lingo <coughs> and we'll say stuff like leaning on the everlasting arms or Lord I want to put my trust in you and then that becomes very vague and very unspecific what does it mean to lean on the everlasting arms what does it mean to put your trust in the Lord you all the word of God is God's expression of himself to the world and to humanity so when you say I want to put my trust in him you want to put your trust in how he has revealed himself to us through his word. I want to lean on something that outlives me, outlives uh, the changes of culture and society. I want to lean on something that's everlasting. Well, the word of God is everlasting. And so I pray you all that as we talk about the Bible and we bring this subject matter up, uh, that you don't just hear it and say oh that's interesting information but that you say to yourself what am I putting my trust in that can't hold me what am I putting my trust in that isn't strong enough to hold me I promise you that if you put your trust in God put your trust in his word it will hold you so this is the song now listen if I sing in between the notes don't y'all judge me don't you look at me sideways <coughs> here it goes Though the storms keep on raging in my life, my soul has been anchored in the Lord. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh God, we thank you that our souls are anchored in you. No matter what's happening to us, no matter what's happening around us, oh God, 
no matter what winds are blowing, no matter what storms are raging, oh God, you are the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. And we bless you, and we glorify you, and we give you the honor. Hallelujah. Come on, give God praise in this room. Isn't he awesome? Anybody's soul anchored in Jesus today? Oh, come on, don't play with me. Anybody's soul anchored in the Lord? Let me invite you, if it has not been anchored, to find your anchor in Him. You find your anchor in your job, your job will let you down. I'm telling you now. You find your anchor in your bank account, your money will get funny on you. I promise you it will. If you find your anchor in a relationship, they'll go sideways. But I thank God that my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ, on Christ, the solid rock I stand. Oh, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Everything else is sinking sand. Mmm. I feel God in this place. I like, I like looking at y'all, but I didn't come to see y'all. I like looking at y'all, but I did not come to see you. Is there anybody that came to meet with God today? Don't play with me. Anybody left house said, I need a word from God. I, I need an encounter with God. If, if God doesn't speak to me today, I don't know what I'm going to do. God, I thank you for your presence and I thank you for meeting people where we are. Reminding us, God, that our souls can be anchored to something that is sure and certain. Those everlasting arms. Thank you, Lord God, that your word is forever settled. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us and speak in such a way, God, that when we leave this place, we know that we met with God. Somebody already got the breakthrough. Somebody doesn't have to wait to see the manifestation. They, they're already praising you by faith that it is done. It is so. Hallelujah. <laughs> Listen, 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 hold on, shh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, yeah, yeah, hold on, hold on. Let me say, let me say this, you all. Anybody can look at an answered thing and then give God praise when you see it. That requires nothing. But when you ain't seeing no sign of it and you're still praising him like you're already in it, Faith call it those things that be not like it already happened. I don't know about you, but I, I'm believing God for some miracles this year. Is there anybody that is believing God to do something that only God can do? Then I don't need you to wait to see it to praise him, but praise him right now like you already know that he's promised you what he said. Give him glory for us. 30 seconds. Lord have mercy. All right, y'all, y'all try to sit down if you can. If I, 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 I'll stay there. Because let me just say, y'all, some of y'all are waiting for special moments to start giving God praise. Like, some of y'all waiting for something extra. Well, if he answers this, 
then I'll really start shouting. If he, if he moves this mountain, then I'll really give him praise. And if he does this again, then I'll really give him the glory. Listen, y'all, he don't have to do nothing else for me. All I got to do is look back at what he's already done. And I don't, I don't care about how you look at me and how you think about how I look. And, because you weren't there when he healed me. You weren't there when he delivered me. You weren't there when he held me in the middle of the night. You weren't there when he kept my mind. Is there anybody here you were about to lose your mind but God reeled it? That's good. All right. There we go. Let me, let me say this. Let me say this. Some of y'all are going to really be in trouble when y'all get to heaven. I'm looking at the space between how some of y'all act and what y'all think heaven going to be. The Bible says all you're going to be doing for eternity is just worshiping and praising and glorifying and hallelujah. And some of y'all act like y'all ain't got nothing to be grateful for. Listen, I'm not telling you how to do it. Everybody don't do it the same way. But in your own way, if he's done anything for you, if he's done anything through you, if he's done anything to you, let the redeemed of the Lord say something to him. Would you just address rehearsal of what we're going to be doing? for eternity your kids are healthy your grandbabies are safe you got a job you're, you're not living in a shelter so are you hearing me God has been good to you yeah 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 oh God okay all right I, 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 I. Come here, Mike, if you could. Come here, Mike. Y'all sit down for real. We we got we 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 got it. We got it. It's hard. Uh, 
And I know for some of you all that are online and even in person, y'all are wondering, what is all of that? And nobody, nobody will be asking that question at the Super Bowl. Nobody. What's all of that? What, what? They just loud. What's all of that? And let me just tell y'all something. Whoever gonna win the Super Bowl ain't gonna pay none of my bills. Whoever gonna win the Super Bowl ain't gonna ever change my mind when it goes ain't nobody in the Super Bowl ever healed my body so ain't no reason I'm gonna get loud at a game when them people ain't done nothing for me and I'm in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and I'm not gonna open my mouth I'm not gonna dance my dance I'm not gonna wave my hands yeah 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 okay alright 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 let, 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 let me just say this, y'all. I, I know, I know, I know. This is not an every Sunday thing. But I cannot, I cannot teach us as the body of Christ yeah. to not be grateful people. That's it, that's it, that's it. And gratitude is not always shown the same way. I get it. So for some of you all, it's not going to be that you dance the way I dance or you make noise the way I because everybody's not the same kind of worshiper. I get that. But what I am saying is in your way, you got to give him the praise because the Bible says if we don't, he going to find some rocks, some rock salt in your driveway. You put some salt down to make sure the pavement was safe and it's going to start praising God because you ain't had enough sense to give him the glory. And I don't want no rock salt to be crying out for me. Come on, somebody. He's been too good to me. He's just been too good. Amen. Amen. Listen, I got to move. All right. Let me just say this, you all. Depending, mm, depending on how much you trust something will determine whether or not you're really able to put your confidence in something. Have you ever had a car that was unreliable? I know some of y'all have never had an unreliable car, but have you ever had an unreliable car and it was hard to put your confidence? That's it, that's it. <laughs> How many know your prayer life went up considerably? Because you, 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 your gas tank never showed if you had gas in it or whatever the case may be. You all, the more you are aware of the nature of the thing that you're putting your trust in, the more you're able then to rely, to lean on, and to depend on it. You all believed that we as a church love you enough, and we do, to not have you sitting in chairs that would not hold your weight. Wow. You know how I know that? Because I watch you just plop down in it. You didn't examine it. You didn't test it out. You didn't put your foot on it first. You just sat down with complete confidence that this chair is able to hold me because the place that it's in, I trusted enough that they not gonna have me sit in something that can't support me. So uh, I asked Mike to do this, yeah, yeah, because I trust Mike, y'all. I, I, I trust Mike unapologetically. If there's nobody in this whole church that I trust, I trust Mike. And so, uh, watch this. 
no looking, no glancing. Uh, come, bring your son. Yeah, come here. Yeah, come here for a second. Let's see how he handles this. He said, I like you, Pastor, but I like me too. And I'm not sure if you're going to be there to really catch me for real. Because, listen, the further I got back, I didn't feel you. And since I didn't feel you, I needed to depend on me to hold me because I couldn't really have confidence that you were going to really catch me. I don't, I'm not against you now, but, I, but I, I had to lean on what I'm sure of because I wasn't able to lean on you. Thank you so much, young man. Thank you. Thank you. You all, that is where we're headed today. Because we're building a case about the word of God, its history, its formation, but why it's to be trusted. Because listen, you all, if we do not trust the word of God and the scriptures in the Bible, it means then that we will formulate other things that we consider more trustworthy than it. That's it. Listen to me. If we have issues with the Bible, is it trustworthy? Can it be trusted? Is it right? Is it able to tell us what is right and wrong? If we've got issues with that, then there, listen, then there is no such thing as absolute truth. That means everything is subjective. That means, listen, you living in your truth, I'm living in my truth. And you walking in your truth, and they walking in their truth. Well, what is truth? It's whatever you make it to be. Well, you all, when, when, when you do that, guess what we do? We make God in our image and in our likeness. So you all, as we talk about the New Testament and its formation, we talked about the Old Testament last time. I'm not going to go into uh, to that as much as, uh, as I did last time because you can go back and take a look at that. But I remember telling you all about the coach of the uh, Green Bay, I think it's Green Bay Packers, who uh, when he got the team, they were losing, they were not doing well, uh, and he decided to help them understand the simple things because they acted like they knew what it meant to play football football but how they were playing football showed that they didn't know how to play football so guess what he did in his first few meetings with them he said this is a football <laughs> and they were kind of insulted by like well of course it's a football we know it's a football and he says well you thought you knew where it was a football because you thought you were acting in the game in a way that was professional enough to win but you've never been winning so guess what I'm gonna reintroduce this is a football. And so for some of y'all that's been church goers and you've been in the church for a long time, you're like, Pastor, I know the Bible. I've been in church my whole life. Uh, but can I say something? As I look at your life, it doesn't show that you actually know the book that you claim to know. Because if our lives would reflect transformation, if our lives would reflect a saving relationship with Jesus that has caused us, listen, listen, not to modify behavior, but to be transformed by the power of God. If that's not been the case, we've just kind of added Jesus onto us. 
and we've not been transformed and changed by him. And so you all, I want to talk about uh, the word of God. There's a timeline that I just want to just uh, pop up on the screen if they have that. Uh, but basically the timeline lets us be able to look at the, uh, the way in which the scripture in the New Testament uh, focus on particular things as relates to the chronological order. And so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John's gospel were kind of in those first 30 uh, AD 0 through 30 is where that was considered to kind of talk about those things. Uh, and then you always see the conversion uh, of Paul right around 33 AD. Uh, again, that's when Jesus was uh, actually getting ready to uh, finish and kind of go into the final portion of his ministry. Uh, in 40 AD, we see Peter in prison. Uh, we see the Paul's first missionary journeys were happening right around 45 AD. In 50 AD, we see Paul's second missionary journey. And for those who don't know, Saul was a persecutor of the church. He ended up having a conversion experience, became a Christian, and then became someone who wrote the bulk of the New Testament. But not only did he write the bulk of the New Testament, he ended up going from city to city and planting churches, establishing believing communities. And so these missionary journeys were him going to the churches that he founded, meeting with those pastors, meeting with those Christian leaders, and to encourage them. So his second missionary journey happened around 50 AD. His third missionary journey right around 55. Uh, in 60 AD, he found himself in prison in Rome. And then finally around 65 or 68 AD or so, we find him uh, dead in prison. Now, from uh, uh, 50 AD to about 70 AD, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, uh, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, James, 1st Peter, 2nd Peter, Ephesians, and, and Hebrews, and Timothy, and Titus, and, and uh, even 2nd uh, Timothy. Those books were actually focusing their content around that time frame, all right? So all of those books that I just mentioned were around that period where Paul was on his second missionary journey, third missionary journey in prison. As a matter of fact, when you read many of his letters, you'll hear him writing from what? Prison. I'm in jail. I've been incarcerated. So you see him writing some of these New Testament letters while he was actually in prison. 70 to 80 uh, AD Jude was written uh, the last books of the Bible uh, around 90 uh, or so give the account uh, rather around 90 AD of uh, 1st and 2nd John 3rd John and then John exiled to Patmos now why is this important it's important you all because you can go back and look at historical data and find out that uh, John was actually a criminal convicted by the Roman government and exiled to the island of Patmos. Now listen, this isn't Christians giving this account. These are historians giving this account. This is important because if we just believe that the Bible is written by a bunch of fanatic people that end up developing a bunch of content that had nothing to do with historical data, you could easily dispute or dismiss whether or not it even happened at all. But the fact that the occurrences that are written in the Bible also connect with historical data uh, and people that weren't even Christians could verify that yes, we remember when John 
John was exiled to Patmos and he was sent there as a criminal. And so when the book of Revelation was written by John on the island of Patmos, we can verify that because we can also look at the time that he was imprisoned. Are you following what I'm saying to you all? So you all, it's important to not just look at the Bible as a devotional book it is, as an inspirational book alone it is, uh, not just to look at it as a expression of God's will and God's word to humanity and it is but also to look at it as a historical document please hear me now as a historical document because the joy for me as a believer is that I know that the Roman government has records that Jesus was murdered and put in a tomb are you hearing me they have records of it but guess what they also have a record that his body was no longer there now they can't tell you how he got up all they know is that they had some guards in front of him and then those guards were on the sleep sleep uh, uh, outside the, uh, the stone that was impossible to be rolled away by a human being so the Roman government who weren't believers had to attest to the very miracle that Jesus' body was gone even though they weren't Christians. That gives to me a different level of veracity and a different level of historical perspective to the scripture more than that of just saying this is my holy scripture book that has nothing to do with what happened in human history. Are you following this? So I encourage those of you all that want to be more avid Bible students and more avid Bible readers to then look at different books uh, that will give you information. Josephus is a wonderful book that you can get. The writings of Josephus. Josephus was just a historian who basically just chronicled things that were happening in the history of uh, that time. And as you see it, you can see it paralleling with things we see in the Bible. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? And so I encourage those of you that want to do more in-depth and more serious Bible study to do so. We're actually going to be also putting a lot of this on the website so that you can be aware of it. All right? So uh, the Old Testament ends with the book of Malachi. All right? And the book of Malachi is the last time that we hear God speaking to humanity or speaking in the scriptures until we see the book of Matthew. That is 400 years that have passed uh, from Malachi to Matthew. And you all, this is called the intertestamental period, all right? Where the, the, the Testament, the Old Testament, and the New Testament, there's now this period of time that there is complete silence. I'm reminded if you remember we did the book of Revelation the Bible said that when one of the seals is open then there was silence in heaven. You all I'm grateful that sometimes listen sometimes God ain't got to speak no more because what he already spoke can carry you in the seasons of silence. Some of y'all want to know why God isn't speaking to you anymore. Can I tell you something? Maybe you ain't really moved on what he said the previous time. We want to get new information and new revelation and new communication when we have not moved on the old revelation and we've not moved on the old communication that God has given to us. And so there was a season where God no longer gave us scripture, no longer gave us uh, any books of the Bible that we can speak of. It ended again, Malachi began in Matthew. As a matter of fact, Malachi ends with there will be one coming in the spirit of Elijah. 
and then it opens up with John the Baptist coming uh, as one preparing the way for Jesus and so the very promise of Malachi was fulfilled and answered in Matthew all right so uh, now this is, uh, put on your thinking caps as the Bible was being canonized, if you remember canon comes from uh, the word that just basically means uh, uh, that that we measure by or, or that that we determine as uh, the measuring or measurement. All right. So the canon of scripture is what believers around the world agreed upon that it is the word of God. And this is very significant. It was not a council. It was not a church that decided that these are the scriptures that can go in the Bible. It was hundreds of years and several different people and several different communities who all listened out of the context of worship and out of the context of the gathering of God's people that said, now this is profitable for instruction. This is the word of God that can be moved on beyond just this time period. And so the canon of scripture that we have now, the books that we have, the six, six books of the Bible were agreed upon, not by a group of people, because if you believe a group of people did it, you believe that there's a political agenda behind it. There was no group of people. It was several groups of people. And that scriptures that we now have is a result of that, all right? But I want to talk about uh, a guy by the name of uh, Marcion. It sounds like a black name, don't it? I'm sorry. <laughs> What's up, Marcion? <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Don't, nobody get, don't get offended. Uh, Marcion, he's a native of Asia Minor, you all. And in 140 AD, there were a lot of people that were approaching the church at Rome. That was kind of the, the, the headquarters in Jerusalem. Those places were kind of the headquarters of the Christian community. And they were going, these different uh, theologians and philosophers were going saying that we think that there be other books should be added to the canon of the New, New Testament. Or we need to reconsider which books have already been agreed upon this is important I'm bringing him up I could bring up a lot of people I'm bringing him up for a reason Marcion you all in 140 AD came to the church at Rome and he rejected listen all of the Old Testament now I know some of y'all be like how could he do that because whether or not you believe it or not some of you those that are online and in person really no longer see the relevance of the Old Testament and watch, watch this he was concerned that the God of the Old Testament is not the God of the New Testament. The God, watch this. That the God of the Old Testament was a God of judgment and a God of justice. And the God that we see in the New Testament, he's the actual right depiction of God. So he said in his version of the Bible, there were no Old Testament scriptures and the book of Revelation was not included even because that was a book connected to judgment. Watch this. I always wondered, church, why people don't like the book of Revelation in the New Testament because it's a book of judgment. And people have developed a theology that does not have judgment. Listen, if huh, the wages of sin is death, death is judgment. And I want a Jesus that ain't going to judge me. I want a theology that don't have judgment. I want a God that will not judge. And so therefore, any book of the Bible that would attach judgment to it, I don't want that Bible. 
I want a Bible that's about me being blessed. I want a Bible that God is for me. I want a Bible that this is my wealthy place. I want a Bible that healing is the children's bread. I want to create a whole list of scriptures that will verify, bring validity to my life. But if there's anything about me acting right, and anything about there being judgment, if I don't act right, I don't want that Bible. I thought it was important to bring him up because whether you know it or not, the spirit of this dude is still alive. Because listen, you and I don't have the ability to cherry pick which parts of the Bible we're going to believe or consider true. That means in the Old Testament, the God of judgment, he is still the same God in the New Testament. But the difference is he no longer put the judgment on us. He put it on his own son. But at the end of the book, he is once again going to judge the world. Today is the last day for the uh, Left Behind movie. Uh, I encourage any of y'all who have not seen any of the Left Behind movies and they only had it here for one weekend it's only like at one time frame 3 o'clock at a few AMC theaters uh, but it's about the rise of the Antichrist and you all I don't believe that you all even believe sometimes that these things are getting ready to come about that the day will come listen where men will hate God to the point that he's going to destroy the earth again according to the Bible you know why? Because we don't want to hear that there is judgment for our sin. We want a judgmentless Bible. We want a judgmentless gospel. We want a God that's only going to be nice and not holy and not righteous and not honoring his name. And so this guy, uh, he decided to uh, introduce that. Of course, he was rejected uh, and no longer uh, able to have any of his suggestions considered. He believed that Jesus came to liberate mankind from the authority of the God of the Old Testament. And you all, I know y'all are looking at that like, oh, that's so crazy. But if I can listen to a song that in one minute is saying, let's go to church, and the next minute it say, roll up. And that not offend anybody. It shows where we are. Listen, I love artists, and I'm not trying to be some prude, because I think we can go a little bit extra. But it, it should grieve you when somebody decides to talk about your God it's not cute and it's not funny cause talk about a Jew Kanye and see if you don't get shut down cause they mean something but Christians whatever we'll talk about your religion we'll talk about your God cause we know you're weak and you will do nothing and you have no and you're sinners like us so I'm saying, you all, we've got to be careful to not let the spirit of this guy who said that we want to create a God that is not about judgment, but only about love and only about kindness. And therefore, we're going to remove all the parts of the Bible that have nothing to do with that. The early believers in Christ, the early church said, no, the canon of Scripture will not be filled with just love, but also judgment. 
Because the Bible is not just about a God who loves, but a God who loves is also a God who's just. Are you following what I'm saying to you all? This is important because if we don't, if we don't get this, we won't see that this new age ain't really that new. <laughs> this is the same stuff reinvented. Gnosticism. Um, it comes from the Greek word to know. I mean, Gnostic means to know. Um, and these, you all, these people kind of felt like they had special kinds of um, uh, information. And, and they also believed that, that the flesh itself was evil uh, and that uh, there had to be some, uh, but there was a part of man, a spark of humanity that was divine and he could call on his better angels and evolve into his complete and better self. The Gnostics believe that I can evolve into the best version of myself. And my self-evolution to the highest version of myself is maturity. This is something that someone said way back in the times of Jesus' day, and it's the same kind of New Age conversation today. That you don't need God to improve. But you can just evolve and appear to appeal to your better angels and then become the best version of you. And the best version of you is God's version of you. And I'm telling you all, it's not a biblical worldview. It is a godless worldview that's not brand new, but actually began with the Gnostics. So the Gnostics actually had uh, other books that they wanted to add into the canon. Here they are, the Apocryphon of John. Imagine that book that you'd have to read. The Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Philip, the uh, Hippostatus of the uh, Archons, uh, On the Origin of the World, the Exegesis of the Soul, and the Book of Thomas the Contender. These were books that they were proposing to be included in the canon of Scripture. And the early believing church said, look, we're looking at these things and they do not align with the character of God in Old and New Testament. We will not add this into canon. And so you all, we arrive at the Bible that we hold. Not because some people met in a room and politicized its canonization. Not because a church decided, well, we're going to do this because we could benefit from manipulating people through our view of this. But over hundreds of years, people who did not know each other at all heard from God and were inspired by God as themselves. They were not in a trance, but they were being used by God in their own personalities, used by God in their own cultural context, used by God in the time frames that they lived to express what God was saying to humanity within the context of themselves and the culture that they lived in. Are you following this? So, lust is now. So you will see things in the Bible that will seem counterintuitive to us in 2023. Because when they wrote it, they wrote it at a time that they didn't have no cars. That the, that the, the main industry was agriculture. So all you hear is about pottery and jars of clay. And a farmer went to sow. And you went to the, uh, to, the far, to the sheepfold. And so you see all these examples and you'll try to figure out, well, what does that have to do? Why would God let his word be filled with all of those kinds of images that ain't got nothing to do with us today? Because it reveals that God used people of the day to communicate eternal truths in the context of where they were. Now watch this. 
That means that God wants to reveal his life through you in the context of where you are. Here's the question. If you're the only Bible people are reading, what translation are they reading? If you're the only Bible that people are reading, what version are you? So let me finish it. Five divisions of the New Testament, and we talked about last time the divisions of the Old Testament, but let me give you the five divisions of the New Testament, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, the synoptic Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are, are most similar. You'll see genealogies at the beginning of those books, right? You'll see um, a lot of history in, in both of those books, each of them written to a different target group. But John's gospel, you, have you ever read John's gospel and John's gospel seems so different from the other ones? All of the other versions begin with somebody begat somebody begat somebody. John's gospel begins with in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. So John's gospel is unlike all of the other gospels to the point that many people almost considered not adding it to the canon of scripture because it was so uniquely different than the other three. But it was verified that it needed to be included and it gave us a glimpse of the deity or the, 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 the nature of Jesus as God. And the other books gave us uh, the, the fulfillment of the messianic promise in Matthew and, and the suffering servant in Mark. And Luke's gospel gives us the first account, the only account that we have of the, the virgin birth, right? This doctor who was very meticulous in the way that he wrote things uh, let us see uh, the lens of, uh, of the story of Christ through this doctor's lens. Why four accounts? Have you ever had a story and... And each story was different depending on the angle that the person was sitting at. If one, about, if one person was on this side, they saw something that the other person couldn't see on the other side. And so the four Gospels give us a look at Jesus from four different perspectives. Same thing that they're looking at, but each looking at it from a different perspective. I'm so grateful that God allows you to have a different way that you experience God than the way that I experience God. And I'm so grateful that the church is not meant to be monolithic. It's not meant to be everybody's worshiping the same and everybody's looking the same and everybody's acting the same. But I'm grateful that God can have us look at him from different perspectives. And you can listen, you can be quiet and you can be contemplative and you can be a worshiper. You can be from the Kojic background and you like to take out and run and go on in and God is with that. You can come and wear a suit and tie and put on your church hat if you want to and you alright. You can come in and have your cut off jeans and look like you know I'm just coming to chill with it and you are welcome here because Jesus is the focus and it sometimes requires us to all look at him through different lenses and I'm thankful that we don't have a church that there's just one way of looking at Jesus and one way of worshiping Jesus and one way of seeing Jesus but we see him from the context of who we are. Some of y'all are some of y'all are artists. Some of y'all are mathematicians. Are you hearing me? And so the Gospels give us the same uh, message but different looks. So that's the first division is the Gospels. But the second division, you all, is history. Just one book, the Acts of the Apostles. That's the history of the early church. Then the Pauline epistles. The biggest chunk of the New Testament written by... I'm, I'm, I'm done. Written by... Paul. Now you all, this is so significant to me. 
Let me tell you why. Because Paul was a persecutor of the church. Let me talk to y'all who don't think God can use you. Because you are so full of sin. Let me tell you what the devil will make you think. He'll make you think that you could never be used of God. The devil will make you think that your past and your sin life is so heinous and so wrong that God could never get the glory out of your life. And the Bible says that Saul enjoyed kind of making sure that the, the, the crazy message of Christianity was shut down, persecuting the church. And the Bible says on his way to persecute, God says to him, why are you persecuting me? And in that moment, Saul becomes Paul. And Paul's life is forever transformed. He goes and sits at the feet of Gamaliel and learns and prepares himself for ministry. But watch this now. Y'all don't get this. That while all of the other apostles had hung out with Jesus, he wasn't with the first 12. So therefore, even though God, listen, even though God called him to be his representative to the Gentiles, the other apostles did not acknowledge him. What happens when you're called and other folk don't acknowledge your call? What happens when somebody tells you that you're not worthy because of your past? What if somebody brings up all the stuff that you used to do and tries to invalidate you from what you're doing right now? The Bible says that he said, I don't care nothing about what y'all say about me. I know what he's done for me. And you know what? I'm going to take this good news to the Gentiles. And not only that, I'm going to make sure that I write down what God is saying to me, to the churches that I lead. And these now epistles that we have are the result of those letters, Romans. 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, and 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. These are letters, you'll see these letters that he wrote to these early churches and Christian leaders. And, and those letters, although specifically to those people, they still speak to us right now. I'm so grateful that he, he wrote to Rome when he said all things work together for good. But he wasn't just talking to the church at Rome. Because I don't know about you, but that scripture has helped me do many a thing. He wasn't just talking to some Romans back in the day. But I know I've been in situations where I needed to be reminded that all things are working together for my good, for those who love God and other cause. Are you hearing me? So even though the word was for the church at Rome, its implications are for you right where you are. And so he writes these letters, these epistles, and they are considered the Pauline epistles. Then there are the general epistles, Hebrews, James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John and Jude. These are called general epistles. Obviously, these are uh, writings that are other than that of Paul. Still epistles, still many of them letters, but now not penned by Paul. And then lastly, the other division is that of prophecy, the book of Revelation. And we, we did Revelation a few uh, months ago, you all, and I'm so grateful that God is still giving prophecy about things to come. And so let me just finish this today by saying, is the New Testament able to be trusted? Is the Old Testament able to be trusted? Yes. There are a lot of questions that you still have, and we're going to be leaning into those questions. How has the Bible been mishandled? How have ill-willed people used the word of God to create a wedge between women and men? 
create a wedge between the races and the ethnicities create a wedge between the haves and the have-nots how has the scriptures been used to wage war the crusades how have the scriptures been used to oppress a people slavery you all it breaks my heart that pastors met in the Virginia assembly and they decided yes black people can be baptized but they don't have souls they built a theology as the early church in America that the Bible that we read enables us to evangelize them but not to include them they can be saved by our evangelistic because by saving them will make them more like us but they don't have a soul and they cannot worship with us what happens when a young person listen what happens when someone who's listening now says you know what I believe that Jesus may be the one I need to follow I believe that Christianity might be what I really feel God wanting me to be a part of but, but, but pastor I can't do away with all of these atrocities that the church and that the Bible has exacted on people could you help us understand why that was done and how I can separate that behavior from my trust in it and that's where we're going to be headed next week next month so y'all you know next month is black history month it's the only month I can be black the whole month and nobody's mad the whole month so if, I, if, I, if I'm too black in, in March uh, it's just a thing uh, but, but, but you know I can wear African clothes in February everybody's okay with it if I, if I break out in, in March with African clothes like, what's up with that right so next month you all uh, I'm excited and this, this is long before I even knew uh, as, I, as I planned out the messages with the other preaching team uh, leaning into ways in which the Bible has been mishandled and let me just say to those of you that come from churches and ministries where the Bible has been mishandled I'm sorry we apologize I apologize if you've been wounded by a pastor I apologize if you've been wounded by a church you let your guards down and when you let your guards down they took advantage of that I apologize for those of you all who have brains and you look at history and you see how the Christian church has used its Christianity to oppress, to victimize, and to hurt. We apologize. But you don't throw out the Bible because people handled it wrong. Because somebody uses a car in a robbery, you don't stop driving cars. And so I apologize for the hurt that it's caused you, for the hurt that it's caused our world. But we will not back away from the fact that it still is to be trusted, even though people were not trustworthy. And so, Citadel, I'm excited about this series. Are you excited about this? Is this going to be fun? Listen, I encourage you. I encourage you to get online. We're going to be doing some interactive things. And, and, and try to, if, if you could now, read through the Bible this year. There's no excuse. The Bible app or apps on your phone will give you the opportunity to just listen. If you can't read, listen. Instead of going on a drive to work and just listen to crazy stuff. 
turn off that and listen to the word of God and why not apply your heart this year to say I'm going to hear or read the word of God this whole year that every day I'm going to spend a little time in the word of God don't overkill it it might be a verse it might be two verses it may be five minutes whatever is comfortable for you but listen don't not do it man cannot live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God you cannot live your life on your own strength you've been trying this not working so now let's lean on something greater than ourselves are you following that let's pray together father we love you we honor we bless you I thank you so much for these your people God I pray in Jesus name that you God would allow them to fall in love with your word father your words are spirit in their life <laughs> God we thank you that we can hide our hide the word of God in our hearts and it keeps us from sinning against you God, I pray right now that you would give this church an even greater love, appreciation, devotion, commitment to your word. For those that are listening, God, who are on the internet, I pray that those that are listening right now, you would give her, you would give him a greater appetite and commitment to learning and living and re relying on your word. And so we honor you for that. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you're here and you would say, Pastor, I wish I had a relationship with Jesus, but I don't. I wish I could tell you that I remember the day that I said, Jesus, I surrender to you, but I don't remember that day. I don't remember ever giving my life, my heart, my soul to Jesus. I don't remember it. If that's you, there's no judgment to make you feel bad. The Bible says the day that you hear my voice, don't harden your heart. But as God is speaking to you now, there's a way for you to accept Jesus. Romans 10 and 9 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, that God raised them from the dead, you can be saved. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer but be a doer and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT or please visit us on our website, citadeloffaith.org. That simply spells C-I-T-A-D-E-L of faith org all one word we would love to hear your testimonies we would love to hear your prayer requests know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone 
Let's change the world together, one person at a time.